Hello, Lemonade Legend listeners out there. This is Michelle Faust, and I am excited to be here today. Um, it's wonderful in this um, time of social distancing that we can still engage and we can still be a part of each other's lives through podcasting and other um, Another internet opportunity. So um, that's how I'm making my lemonade out of the, this bitter lemon that, that's hitting all of us right now. So um, it is with great pleasure that I introduce um, our guest today, Debbie Delgado. I'm so happy that you could join us today. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks. Uh, I'm excited to have you. We've, we've had some different conversations, um, you know, just personal conversations. So I know a little bit, but this is really kind of a discovery call for me, too, because we haven't really gotten in, in depth of it, about your story, uh, except that uh, you're willing to share it. Um, put your vulnerable self out there and, uh, and you just be real and authentic with our listeners, which is all we really look for. Um, and, you know, any tips that um, come out of your story, it helps our uh, listeners as well uh, to figure out how to navigate, you know, those situations. So um, before we start just a, a, a discussion, take a minute, if you will, and just kind of introduce, um, you know, who you are, what you're about, and just, you know, any sneak peek of what you're going to talk about, and we'll delve into it. Okay. Hi, everybody. My name is Debbie Delgado, and I have a business called DebbieDelgado.com. And um, I've had an interesting winding journey that has touched into a lot of dark places. As one of my mentors said, you like to live life on the dark side a little bit. So I think that's why Michelle was attracted to me for this particular <laughs> show. Uh, but I uh, live in Eugene, Oregon, and there's a little bit of a story to that, which we might touch into. And um, I actually help women um, really tap into their soul gifts and their own unique soul makeup in order to create lives and businesses that they love. So, and it's been kind of an interesting journey of how I got there from where I started. My, my business has taken a lot of interesting uh, twists and turns, and um, I'm thrilled to be here today. Uh, the topic, well, we've got a couple topics that we might be touching on. Um, we had talked about uh, one of the things that I've gone through is estrangement from my children, and I actually have not spoken publicly a lot about that, so this is, um, you guys are getting the premiere on that, and um, of course, in the interim, when we decided to do this interview and between then and now, all of this other stuff happened. Yeah. And so, you know, we can touch on that a little bit as well, because shortly after I started my business, um, the 2008 recession hit. And so I was in the very beginning stages of business when that all happened and actually found a way to make lemonade out of that one. So, um, <laughs> You know, and then as I thought about the two, the two scenarios and some of the other things that have happened in my life, there are some common threads of uh, as far as how I've, you know, handled things, I guess. Yeah. Things so, I've covered. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, great. And just so you know, now that you said this is sort of your, your uh, first uh, 
release of information on your brain, <laughs> you know I'm going to be talking to you about that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's what, you know, that's, that's what, what that was kind of the initial thing, but yeah, and yeah. so, um, so yeah, we kind of talked about your dark side a little, a little bit too, and so I'm bringing all this bright yellow into your life. Yes, I see that. <laughs> I love that. You're wearing yellow as well. Yes, yes, yellow, yellow is my color now. So anyways, um, thank you for uh, that introduction of yourself. So it was great. And it kind of set the stage for what we are going to talk about. And, you know, in particular, I know that, um, you know, my follower, followers or my people who uh, really are interested in the lemon to lemonade story really are looking for the tip. So, you know, the fact that you were able um, to say, you know, you went through the 2008 recession and there are common things that you use to get through your, your bitter lemon time. So um, I think that's a great place to start. Um, so, you know, where was your business at? Um, in 2008, and let's just talk about some of the things that helped you to survive that time. Yeah, well, it's interesting, because I honestly didn't just survive that time, but I actually ended up thriving in my business. Um, but I was in the very early stages of business. I had left uh, the corporate world. I left a very great job in the corporate world in 2006 to start a coaching business. And um, I kind of took my time a little bit the first year or so, but in 2008, the recession hit and I was still in that early growth stage uh, and people started freaking out. And um, I decided that I wasn't actually gonna participate in the recession. Um, and so <laughs> I just continued to do what I was doing and grow my business. And I actually ended up evolving my business I saw the opportunity with the panic and the opportunity was for me to start um, helping people with the topic of abundance and living abundantly and creating abundantly. And so I, you know, learned all I could about that topic and actually my business for the next few years focused on helping people create abundance in their lives. Uh, but the core of that, Michelle, for me, and, and this is kind of the comp, one of the common themes with everything that I've gone through in my life, is um, the choice and the decision part. And, and sometimes, I don't know, when things get chaotic for a minute or sometimes forever, it's really easy for us to forget that our choice. Right. You're right. And we, and, and we, we do have choices um, without a doubt. And sometimes the choices, we have more boundaries around them than, than, than other times. But I think that is an important thing to remember. Um, and one of the things that has been a, a recent experience for me is the choice to have to create my own mindset. Mm -hmm. In other words, um, nobody can control what goes on in here exactly that that's where that's where i can set in and um i will I'm, I'm interested in hearing you talk more about the creating your life of abundance because i i still struggle with that you know i i get very focused I, I, just as we were talking before we we started you know i try not to look at the stock market but 
I kind of can't help it. And then, you know, when you have those days where the, the money is just not flowing in, it's really hard to switch your mind around. So I, I would, I would really like to hear your thoughts um, on how you create that mindset of abundance. Yeah. Well, and you started a little bit of it with, you know, the, you know, you're the thinker, you're the thinker in there. Um, and sometimes we get into habitual thoughts and we think that we have no control over them, but we actually do. So, you know, part of this, it's interesting because, you know, I, I've been teaching abundance for years and one of the first principles of abundance sounds so weird to be talking about with abundance and it's actually responsibility. Um, and, you know, you don't think of the abundance seems all woo woo and, you know, out there and then responsibility seems like it's a head thing. But, you know, the very first step when I'm teaching abundance is that we can only become conscious creators when we first choose and decide that we are 100% responsible for all of our results. And, and although that feels scary to people, it's actually very powerful when you step into that place. Like I am the cause of my own results. So I, you know, I teach a lot of universal law and universal truth. And um, anytime you're talking about being a conscious creator, you're, you're working with, with the laws. And one of the laws is cause and effect. And for every effect, there is a cause. For every cause, there is an effect. What we don't realize is that we're the cause. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've, I've always, I, I say it in a little bit different way, but I've always said, you know, we are in charge of our own destiny. And, you know, obviously certain things can happen that, that, that we don't actually create, but, but we can still guide and navigate, you know, what that destiny looks like. And, um, and so that, that's really interesting that you put, you know, I'm making notes. I love that uh, phrase, conscious uh, creatures, create. Conscious, what you say? Conscious creation. Yeah, <laughs> conscious creators. Conscious creators. <laughs> I, I can't even write my, he read my own writing. But I, I, I like the phrasing of, of that um, because it, it brings to light that it is a conscious effort. And it is something that we have to really put a mindset um, towards. And, and the other comment I wanted to, to, to make as you were talking, what came to my mind is that it is very powerful to be in that seat, but as human, we are so quick to want to put blame on, you know, somewhere else, on somebody else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that just, that seems so easy. And so to me, if you start switching that around from easy to being powerful, that right there is a mind that mm. shift. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about living, moving from being, living reactively. Life is happening to me and transitioning from that to I'm creating my world. And um, it can be scary for people because, you know, there's some safety, like you just said, in being a victim of life. Now, I can't do anything about it. It's just happening to me, you know that kind of thing actually people have started to feel safe with that and you know you're seeing that right now with the mass panic 
And like you said, there's two different camps of people almost, you know, those that are just at wit's end and those that are like, okay, where's the opportunity, you know? Um, and that's the difference between those two camps is, you know, life is happening to me or I'm going to go out there and create life. And yes, life happens. I mean, we are in the human third dimensional world. We've chosen to be here and to play in this realm. And, you know, so yeah, we're going to experience human stuff. And it's a matter of how do I want to, you know, respond to that? Do I want to react and just let things happen to me and then I'll try to survive? Or do I want to approach it a different way where I am creating and I'm looking for the opportunity and I'm choosing what I'm focusing on right now. Like you said, with the 401k thing, um, you know, I know. And in fact, you know, even facts back this up. This isn't just pure faith and truth, but you know, the records back it up as well. The stock market always comes back. It has never not come back. <laughs> So here's our here's our word. This is from from Debbie and I. Don't sell. <laughs> right now, sell. first time to sell. <laughs> buy, buy if you can. You know, buy low, sell high. <laughs> this is a buying opportunity. If if you do happen to have some spare cash sitting around, this is the time to buy. Um, but but the difference is letting those numbers on the screen dictate how you be, <laughs> how you feel, how you think, or you consciously looking at the numbers on the screen and knowing they're numbers. Unless you're pulling your money out today for your retirement, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not real anyway until you go to pull it out. So there are some people that maybe need to pull it out now. And for them, it's a different story. But for the rest of us, and you know, your listeners are business owners. Retirement accounts are based on people who work jobs that they hate and hope to someday quit working. Isn't that the truth though? Yeah, I think as business owners and entrepreneurs, we tend to um, not even think about retiring because we're doing the things that we love. So what else would we be doing if we were tired? Um, exactly. So why would we be scared by a number in our retirement account yeah. when most of us have no intention of retiring? I mean, most of us want to choose yep. to work until we drop, right? Right. <laughs> That's why we're doing it the way we're doing it. Um, and you know, it's funny because so many entrepreneurs, and you said it earlier, um, and it's so true, have left these really cushy, wonderful, well-paying, good benefits corporate jobs. You know, so I think the point to that is we've already been in scary positions. That's it was scary just, just leaving our corporate jobs. You know, in a way that's true. And then when you go to higher truth, I feel much safer than somebody in a corporate job because I know how to create money. People who get a paycheck every two weeks do not know how money is created. Uh, unless they're in the sales department in that company, they, they think money comes in a 
envelope, do, you know, or magically arrives in your bank account. They have no idea how money is created. Um, so I, I feel now I am in a much more secure position because I know how to create money. Even if my business folded, in order to have a business, you have to know how to sell. I could go sell for anybody. Mm -hmm. and make money. There will never not be an opportunity for that. Um, versus when I worked in a company and I was not connected to the sales area at all, I, I, if I got laid off, I wouldn't have known how to create money. So we have learned a skill that makes us secure, but there's this myth out there that people in the corporations are actually secure. It's, it's not true. We've all known companies that have closed. Yeah. And people that have gotten laid off and not known what to do or people that have lost their family wealth and they don't know how to recreate it. Um, so, you know, again, that's, you know, that's all perspective too. I, yeah. And, 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 you know, I even personally know some uh, people who um, lost their jobs within the last 30 days or so. And that's the worst time in terms of trying to get back into a corporate position. So nobody's hiring right now. Um, so they'd be better off to try to put their, um, you know, thinking caps on, become creative, uh, conscious creators. And, um, you know, you might as well, because if nobody's setting up uh, interviews and if nobody's hiring right now, you might as well use your time and your energy to try to see what opportunity you can create for yourself. And it's interesting you just said that because that's one of the common threads that I've seen um, as I've gone through different things in my own life is how you use your time and energy during those crisis periods, right? Are you gonna tell me I'm not allowed to go hide under my covers? <laughs> Well, that's one choice. You know, it really is. I mean, we, we are here and we've been given free will and choice so we can choose whatever we want. However, there will be different effects and, you know, consequences of every choice that we make. Exactly. So, but yeah. So, I mean, if you want to transition into the other story, this might be a, a good time. to. <laughs> I'll take that as a segue. <laughs> so, you know, I, and again, I really don't know too much about this story. So I really, um, I'm turning it over to you to tell in, your, in, in what, what's within your comfort zone to talk about your kids and um, really what happened. Uh, you know, like I said, share with us what you will. Okay. All right. So um, I, I have never been married, but I had a partner for 20 years. And we had two children and we were a little family. Everybody, you know, for, we were married without being married. Um, and um, we were together 20 years. We had a 17 and a 19 year old boy and girl. And um, I had been unhappy in the relationship. Probably, I was thinking about it today. I would say for at least 10 years. And like many women, um, I stayed in the relationship for the kids. Um, and I was, you know, trying to tough it out until they both got into college. But really, my soul was dying. I wasn't fulfilled by the relationship. Um, 
one of the interesting things about the story is that my partner and I got along fine. Um, I would almost say it was almost like more like a brother and sister kind of relationship. Um, it was all centered around the kids. And some people, some of your listeners can probably relate to this. Um, we had been together a pretty short time when I got pregnant with my first child. So we were basically a couple for about nine months before I got pregnant. And then the rest of the 20 years, so over 19 years, our identity was as parents. Yeah. And there was no couple. And even if you look at pictures of us, it would be the parents on the outside, the kids on the inside, right? Um, versus other families, like the parents are always standing together. So we were the kind of family where the kids were the glue, the kids were the middle, the kids were the center. Um, so, so I made it till they were 17 and 19 and, uh, my son was in college. He was 19 and my daughter was still in high school. And, um, I, I kept getting sick, physically sick and all of the things that happen to you when you're really unhappy. Um, and you know, I just, I literally felt like I was like, my soul was dying and I was going to die too. Um, so, uh, so I let my partner know, you know, that I wanted to end it. And, um, when we told our children, well, they were 17 and 19, uh, the kids freaked out. I mean, freaked out. It was like screaming and crying and hysteria and, you know, and these are kids like everybody else that half their friends, parents are divorced and, um, and something happened in that family meeting um, that I think might have kind of set the stage uh, where my partner did not support the decision in front of the children. Um, as my friends say, I got thrown under the bus, that kind of thing. Yep. Uh, and uh, that was six years ago. And um, after that, I moved out of the house. It had been my partner's home initially. So I left. I rented a beautiful home just down the road with plenty of space for my kids um, so that they could be in both places. They never came. Um, so I literally had uh, a condo. It was a very large condo and a whole floor of it I had gotten for the kids. It sat empty for two years. They never came. Um, so it's been six years now. Um, there have been a few times when I thought it was going to change and then it's reverted back. Um, I do see my children because they go to, um, like Christmas. I see them at Christmas, uh, because the whole family's together. But other than that, they do not respond to my texts or calls. Um, there's just nothing that happens in between those times. So, um, so it's been six years now. And I've, you know, kind of recently discovered there are a lot of parents in this situation right now. I had no idea. It's always like until you're in one of these situations, you have no idea that this is happening just so many people, but it was, um, I gotta tell you like, Oh, you know, especially that first year, 
Oh, it's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Well, yeah, my heart goes out to you. Um, and, and especially your willingness to share. But one, one of the reasons I do what I do is because what you just said, you had no idea that you're not alone, that there are people out there. And sometimes people just really, they do suffer in silence, you know, thinking that, you know, it's just me. But, you know, it's not. And one of the things that I've really learned is that in all relationships, it's not one person, you know, it's everyone involved. So it's your partner who didn't support you. It's your kids who have made their choices and, you know, whether they want to decide, you know, with their dad, it's all those things. And I think it's really, really courageous when you're able to step out of that and say, okay, my lemon, what am I going to do about it? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it's hard as it is if you don't shift your mindset into a positive way and say it's okay. You know, it's okay that my kids are going to choose to do that. I'm going to be okay, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, it would be very easy to just crawl into a hole at that point. Yeah. And, um, and I, you know, there were a few months where I was just a wreck, uh, especially living right down the road, like knowing, you know, they're right there and I, you know, I'm right here and nothing. Um, it was really, really tough. And yeah, I mean, it, it could have gone either way, but like you said, it, it's, it's kind of a decision. Like what, you know, do I want to, roll up curl in a ball and die here or do I want to go on and I I chose to go on and it's been it's really interesting because you know I told you I've, I've played on the dark side a lot a lot of my personal self journey has has been about self-love <laughs> and um and I'm a healer you know I'm a coach I'm a healer and some of us do choose to experience quite dramatic things in our quest maybe to help other people in big ways. And I think that's been the case with me. Um, and I already knew that, you know, one of my life themes was self-love and what bigger self-love lesson can there be than to have the very beings that came out of your body reject you. Oh, no. you're killing me here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I can't so, imagine that. Oh. You know, like talk about a big self-love challenge, right? Yeah. People that I created hate me. Um, so yeah, that was a biggie for me. I was like, okay, I, I can get through this one. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Um, so I, you know, I felt sorry for myself for a bit and, um, but I pretty quickly turned to like, what's the opportunity here? 
And that's one of my go-to strategies. And I'm sure it is for a lot of your people. You're talking about lemons to lemonade, right? So one of the shifts involved in that every time is what's the opportunity? And I have always been, I am a, I am a self-growth addict. You know, I tease people like the reason I was teaching people how to make money for a while and the reason I make money is so I can afford my self-growth habits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can be expensive, can't they? <laughs> they can be very expensive, especially the ones I tend to choose. So, you know, I turned in that direction pretty quickly and it's been really interesting and I was thinking about it, getting ready, you know, to talk to you about my story, like just the dominoes that you could never predict. Um, and so I had all this time and I've always been, a, um, uh, I'm an introvert, even though I, I do public speaking and coaching and workshops, I am an introvert. Like I recharge by myself. I like to spend a lot of time alone. Well, all of a sudden I had more time than I had had in 20 years to myself to decide. I got to decide what to do with literally every minute of the day. There were no kids, you know, no games, no school stuff. So all of a sudden I had this abundance of time and I decided to start using it to, you know, indulge my self-growth habit even more. And um, it's interesting because um, at the time, a lot of my mentors and coaches, there was a common um, connection from all of them where they kept mentioning this woman's name, that they had done this certain process with her. And she was a scientific hand reader. And, um, and I, I started thinking about the fact that all of these people I look up to had worked with her in some way. And so I decided to hire her. And um, she told me that one of the many things she told me was that I had this hidden gift that I had never tapped into. And it was reading the Akashic Records. And I had only heard the term before. I, you know, I um, just knew enough to be dangerous. And, but I decided, you know, I paid this woman the big bucks to have this reading and I'm going to listen to what she says. So I very quickly hooked up with the one, one of the top teachers of the Akashic Records. And then I started studying with her and um, started offering that kind of work it's called soul realignment and manifesting design to my coaching clients and they ate it up and it opened up this whole new business for me um, of a way of helping people. And I realized looking back, like none of this would have happened without that event. Like nothing would have, I wouldn't have been prompted into that. And I mean, it's been amazing for my business, my life, I've helped so many people, but, but it all, you know, it, it all happened in a, in an interesting way. And then after that, after my kids, I told you my, you know, I, I had this beautiful home and two years it, it sat kind of empty waiting for them. Um, all of a sudden I decided, um, you know, they can hate me no matter where I live. So 
I had lived in, in Illinois. I was in Ill central Illinois. You were talking about Chicago earlier. I yep. was two hours from Chicago. And I had lived my whole life there. And I was, um, so I'm 55 now, so I would have been 40, 49. And all of a sudden I started thinking, like, I don't want to have, I don't want to have lived my whole, like, I don't want to die having lived in only one place. Yeah. I thought, what a sad life. <laughs> so all of a sudden I was free, like I could move wherever I wanted. And there was nothing to stop me. So I, I was traveling at the time for my business and I had a, a conference in San Diego and I decided to check out a few places while I was in that part of the country. And I ended up renting um, a condo for a week in Seattle and a condo for a week on the Columbia River in Oregon. And I fell in love with Oregon. And so um, after this happened with my kids, uh, I decided I'm going to pick up and move. And that has been an incredible experience for me because I don't know if any of your listeners have experienced this, but when I drove my stuff into Oregon, I felt at home for the first time in my life. And I never realized I had lived almost 50 years of my life, actually over 50 by that point, in a place where I never felt at home. I know, yeah, I, I, I totally get that um, in, in that, um, well, I was raised basically in Arizona, uh, but then through a job transfer, spent seven years in Chicago, um, a suburb of Chicago. And we're not bad-mouthing Illinois here, but we're talking about where you're comfortable. And one of the things that I realized is Arizona was, where I feel home. Mm -hmm. And so I totally get it because um, it, it just, when I made the decision to move back after my divorce, um, it was, I was going home. I was going to the place where my heart felt good and my soul felt good. Yeah. And um, so yes, a place does matter. You know? Exactly. You know exactly what I'm saying. And um, you know, again, none of this would have happened. Mm -mm without that initial thing with my kids. Yeah. Um, so now I have spent four or five years living in a place where I finally feel at home. And I love it here. And interestingly enough, um, I was a dancer years ago. In, my, in college, I started dancing. I joined a dance company after college for a few years. I ended up getting hurt and couldn't dance anymore. It was um, pretty rigorous. The dancing that I was doing thought I would never dance again in my 50s in Oregon I uh, by an odd chain of events end up hooking up with this dance flash mob group um, start dancing with them that leads to another dance opportunity um, I'm now in a couple different dance companies and dance groups uh, in my 50s, when I thought I would never be able to dance again. I love that. And my soul, oh, I mean, that is my happy place. You know, like dance is a healing 
wonderful thing for me. I've met incredible people through that. I'm an introvert, so it's not easy for me to meet people socially. Mm-hmm. Um, so that opened the door to all these other incredible, amazing, beautiful dance people that I, you know, have made friends with. That's my social circle. Um, all of these things that have made my life better have grown from, you know, things that I never expected them to. So, but part of it is the choice to, to live. And so you, you are such a shining example of having your, you know, your heart just ripped out. Mm-hmm to say, okay, I'm going to make life the best I can make it. And, you know, no one ever makes that choice to say, oh, well, you know, I want to have all the time in the world and I want to join dance groups and everything like that. It's just, but it's like, okay, if I can't do anything about my kids, I can't do anything about that that situation and that control, here's what I'm going to do. And, And you just, you just, went for it and that is um that's a really powerful story yeah you know it's interesting because if you think about it um so my kids are 23 and 25 now they've both graduated from college they've both moved away from illinois um so they're in two different states even if i wasn't estranged from them I would be on my own now. Well, maybe I would still be with their dad, but, but in any case, you know, there's that whole empty nest thing. Um, so I mean, in a way it's like, I just experienced that earlier. Yeah. But, but you do see people that have a hard time with that, that even then they don't make the choice. Like it's your life again. Exactly. And your kids, you know, at some point, don't really want that much interaction with you just naturally. So, um, so I guess I just, you know, did it a little bit earlier and, you know, in a little bit more painful circumstance, perhaps. Although I know parents that are just crushed when their kids, you know, move away and stuff too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's really fascinating to see how how things happen. Now, if I would have just gone into a depression and given up, I wouldn't have said yes to any, to any of that. Right. Um, in fact, I may not have even been able to see those opportunities. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you don't tend to open your eyes up to it. If you know, mm-hmm. be open to uh, the possibilities. If, uh, if you want to just shut yourself off in, in victim mode. Um, and, I can't believe that we've spent this much time talking and I feel like I could go on forever. You are really so, we got to figure out a way to continue this story because I think that you have, um, you have a lot of great things to offer um, to people who are in, in, in those kind of struggling situations. So I'm going to kind of recap a couple of things that, that, that I heard from you. Uh, one is obviously thinking in abundance. Um, and uh, how important that is. I also think that, and I love coaches. I, you know, I have one myself. I've had others um, in my life, but it, it's hard. It's hard to know who, you know, is going to fit with 
with you of what you need. But what I really feel is a gift that you have and what you offer is being able to help people take care of their inner self because my platform of Lemonade Legend is, is, is it's about storytelling, but it's about business too, because if you don't take care of your stuff, <laughs> it's really hard to be successful. It's hard to think abundantly. It's hard to open your eyes to the opportunity. So that's how I see you is that, that you're, you're bringing self-love and energy and, you know, soul alignment so that people can jump off and be successful. And I think, I think that's a great offering. Um, Thank you. You know, and you want to know something fascinating is, um, (laughs) again, I'm this interesting mixture of mixture of the woo and very grounded stuff. Uh Um, So I'm also, uh, I'm a sales expert. And most people don't think of the soul stuff and sales together. Yeah. But um, I've actually been able to combine that. And I actually do um, sales work for some other big companies because that's such an in-demand kind of thing. And I love it. I don't actually get to do much of that in my own business. I have a very loyal client base that just kind of eats up whatever I offer. Um, so, so I've even taken that, you know, the soul stuff and combined it with something that people don't think of in that realm at all, which is, you know, transformational selling. Um, well, well, you know, people do business with people they like and trust. And this is what I, I continually talk about under the Lemonade Legend umbrella is that tell your story, be real and authentic, you know, heal yourself because that's what attracts people to you. Mm-hmm. I, I personally, I don't want to do business with the perfect person because I can't relate to that. Nobody does. <laughs> Nobody does. Yeah. 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 So I, I personally think it really goes well because if you're being your true authentic self and if you're coming from, you know, who you, you are, your inner soul is, uh, you're going to sell all day long. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. This has been fascinating. I want to give you a chance, even though I will post your information uh, for those who are uh, maybe listening on the podcast only, just um, let us know how we can find you. Yeah, so probably the best way to find me is uh, my website, DebbieDelgado.com. Okay. Um, and uh, there's, I've got a blog area in there with lots of articles and and some recordings um, that people can tune into and you know a lot of people's experiences um, with the kind of soul work that I do with them and uh, yeah that's the best place to find me and um, gosh it's been a pleasure and as you know I have some other um, I have some other stories we can share another time if you wish <laughs> we will we will you yeah um we haven't heard the last from you you haven't heard the last from me um because i think there's a lot of things that we still need to uh to talk about so we will and next time i'm in oregon i'm gonna come see you dance oh yes we <laughs> dance all over the place yeah it's a lot of fun i think that's so cool um so anyway, we've kind of gone a little bit over our time, but that's a good thing because that means that we had a pretty stimulating conversation. So I, um, I hope all my followers and listeners and viewers um, uh, have enjoyed 
uh, this podcast with Debbie, and I know I have, and thank you so very much for being a part of it. And for now, um, I'm going to sign off until the next one and wish you all a very, very safe and, you know, a lot of wellness and happiness and abundance in your life. So um, goodbye for now until we talk again. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.